Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our regular members, any visitors, and to those who are listening online. We hope that you experience God's presence as we worship um, him today. This morning, Reverend Nigel is preaching in First Hollywood, where he continues to be the convener of the vacancy there. And so we welcome Chris Barron, our pastoral assistant, to lead our worship today. A message for those specifically at home who are watching on YouTube. You will notice a change from your normal visual experience today that you will have become accustomed to. Since we have returned to worship in the sanctuary, we have been attempting to bring those at home as close as possible to what is happening during our morning services here in the sanctuary. We are very aware that both the audio and the visual aspects of these recordings haven't been great quality as we've been working with the technology that we have had to hand. And we thank Reverend Nigel for his efforts in ensuring our services have been able to reach as many people as possible throughout the pandemic. However, from today, we will be bringing you a higher quality audio only recording of the service. We hope that this will be a short term fix as last week the Congregational Committee approved an audiovisual upgrade in the sanctuary that will not only allow us to record the service using our fixed cameras and audio, but we hope to be able to stream the service live to those at home who will be able to watch our services at the same time as those who are gathered here in the sanctuary. Please bear with us as we make these necessary arrangements to have the upgrade installed. It is with regret that I inform you of a death of a member of our congregation, Winnie Crockett, Winnie Crockett and passed away peacefully in the Ulster Hospital yesterday. There are no arrangements yet for her funeral. Finally, as usual, following the benediction, please resume your seat until you have been invited to leave by one of the welcome team. Thank you. Thank you, Chris, and uh, good morning to you all. I have been told that uh, this is the first day of autumn. Some people say it's earlier in September. Some people say it's today. I'm not very sure. Maybe somebody could, uh, could tell me at the end of the service. But we're certainly into the autumnal season. And uh, it's, a, for me anyway, a lovely time of year. And uh, it's a, a season to thank uh, God for. And in, amid, in among all that is happening around us with the continued difficulties with the coronavirus uh, and uh, fresh debate about uh, Brexit and all the other things that are, are going on. Uh, we need to keep hold of the, the, the important things that, that, that God is still with us. And God is still uh, wanting to, to be part of, of our lives and uh, wanting us to come to Him. And for some, it might uh, be about coming to Him for the very first time. A little later in the service, we're going to be thinking about Jonah and uh, a fam- well, famous biblical character, uh, and he uh, encouraged people in his day and age to turn again uh, to God. And uh, that message that, that he, he preached so many years ago is still uh, relevant, of course, uh, today, uh, with different pressures and problems, perhaps, but nonetheless, pressures and problems. And uh, we're just going to read a, a, a verse as we come uh, to worship this morning, and it's taken from Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10. So maybe you'd like to read it with me. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, 
and he did not do it. Let's begin our time of worship with the hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. Feel free to sing gently and quietly from behind the masks. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. God and Father, we have just been singing about your faithfulness towards mankind, whether it is to a nation or people such as the Israelites for whom you parted the Red Sea to help them escape from their enemies or to an individual like Jonah who was disobedient and then repented. We see in your dealing with mankind that you remain 
faithful and compassionate to people of every clime and coast. We thank you, Lord, for all you have done and continue to do through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to remember your grace and compassion as we continue to face the trials of this new surge in coronavirus, which threatens our livelihoods and our health and general welfare. Enable us, Lord, to remember that man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward, but that you know all about the situation. And even though it can be hard for us to believe it, you are in control of your world. We ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for our difficulty in believing this truth. And this morning, we come to you repenting of this and other shortcomings. We pray that you help us to focus not so much on our own needs, but on the needs of others around us who may be in difficulty of one kind or another. Forgive us, Lord, for not giving others time, for not calling at times or phoning to check on the welfare of someone who may be vulnerable. We confess also that at times we have not been careful enough in regard to keeping regulations in respect of COVID and have failed to be patient enough with those struggling to manage. Forgive us when at times we have not had sufficient compassion for those in other lands struck not only by coronavirus, but by war, terrorism, floods, earthquakes, and grinding poverty. Lord, as we conclude our prayer, help us to open our eyes to the needs of those around us in your world and in serving them. Serve you. Amen. Our reading this morning is taken from the book of Jonah. And we're just going to read through the first chapter of that. And we're going to think about this extraordinary man. I'm sure you'll be fairly familiar with him from uh, perhaps Sunday school days or at various points. Uh, But we we will remind ourselves of the story as we read through it. So it's uh, Jonah chapter 1 and reading from verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose 
and the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? Where is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them. And they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. Amen. I notice that we have one or two uh, young people with us uh, this morning, and I want to have a brief word, if I may, with your, your good selves. I gather that you're back at work, or back at work, back at school over the last number of weeks, and I hope that you're, you're getting on well. I, I couldn't help reflecting on my own time back at school uh, when there was so much in the news about people returning to school. I remember that there were some subjects I was very fond of and some I find uh, more difficult. I couldn't see the point of some things, you see. And one of the things that I find a little bit troublesome was geography. Because in geography, they used to give us maps. I have a map here this morning. You don't see so many of them these days. This is quite a detailed map. It's not quite a road map. It's more than that. 
and it's got all these physical features on it. It's got mountains and rivers on it, and it even shows you where, uh, where there are cliffs uh, by, the, by the contours on the map. And you see, this is something that I had to do along with the other uh, folks in my class. We were about 13 or 14 at the time. And I could never see the point of doing this. Some years later, when I left school, I got a job over in England. And this job was about leading walks in the countryside. I was given one of these maps, the sort of map that I'd been given at school. And I suddenly realized that those things that I'd learned at schools about foot, public footpaths and hills and where they were, and where there were steep cliffs and all the rest of it, this was terribly, terribly important to me. As I was leading a group of maybe 15 or 20 people through the countryside in England. So what I thought had been of no great value to me turned out to be very important indeed. Now, I know these days we have lots of things to help us technologically. We have sat-navs to help us when we're in the cars. And these maps that we used years ago were perhaps not as, uh, as useful as they once were. But you know, we still need guidance, do we not, for getting through day-to-day -day life. We need guidance of one kind or another. And if we have chosen to follow Jesus, if we're trying to do that, we also need guidance. We don't actually have a map as such to follow Jesus, but we do have the Holy Bible. And that tells us how we should behave, how we should think, and what is important to God. God gives us, if you like, a map through our lives, whether we're four or five years old or whether we're 84 or more. God has provided his book for us as a map to help us through life. And so, if you haven't had a chance to look at your Bible in recent days, maybe you can get your hands on a, on a children's Bible and see what it is that the Lord is asking you to do as a child, and of course, what he is asking us to do as adults in his holy word. Let's take a moment to come again before the Lord in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would help us all, whether man, woman, or child, read our Bibles for guidance as to what we should believe and how we should behave towards yourself and others. Now, as we delve into Holy Scripture, as it describes the life and times of the prophet Jonah, help us, Lord, to discover how your dealings with him can illuminate our walk with you. Amen. There are certain stories in the Bible that are perhaps a little more familiar to us than others. Things that we remember from having gone to Sunday school many years ago and things that we have heard uh, across the years. There are famous characters, aren't there? We all know about Noah and his ark. Most of us are thrilled to the story of David killing Goliath with the smooth stone that he hurled at the giant. We're also familiar with Joseph 
and his coat of many colors. And I've no doubt that many people remember Jonah and how he was swallowed by the whale. But for many of us, we don't actually recall very much more than that about these famous characters. And I'm going to take a little time this morning to look a little more closely at the life and times of Jonah to see what it is, perhaps in the way he did dealt with things and behaved, that we can learn from even today in 2020. First of all, who was this guy, Jonah? Jonah was an 8th century prophet who came from a town in northern Israel called Gath-Hefer. Now, a prophet didn't foretell the future as we might imagine that they did. That wasn't their idea of a prophet. A prophet was principally a messenger from God, and much of the time they, re- they preached repentance to the people of Israel and indeed to others. I suppose that today's ministers are the closest equivalent of the Old Testament prophets. And this guy, Jonah, was a very enthusiastic minister or prophet, and he worked very hard amongst his own people, the people of Israel. And he preached to them and encouraged them to repent of the rather wicked lifestyle that they led and and common faith uh, to, to God. And he was happy in this work. And then God did something quite out of the blue. God told him that he wanted him to go to a foreign city, a place called Nineveh, and go and preach to the people there that they needed to repent of their sins and come in faith to him. Now, Nineveh is the modern-day city of Mosul, and you may be familiar with Mosul from uh, the news. It's in northern Iraq, and at one stage it was completely taken over by Islamic State. The people of Mosul had, a, had an awful time, but that's the, that's the city that he's talking about. But Jonah, you see, was a dyed-in-the-wool Israelite, and he wasn't happy about this at all. In fact, he was very angry to be sent from his own people, the people of Israel, to these people that he didn't like. In fact, it was stronger than that. He absolutely hated them. These people were across the the decades, across the centuries, the sworn enemy of Israel. And God was asking him to go and tell them to repent. And he just, he refused to go. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And he ran off Uh, to the port of Joppa, and he boarded a ship for Tarshish. So he was actually going in the opposite direction from Nineveh. And he was upfront about it with the the guys, the the sailors on the boat. They were told by him that he was running away from God. But off they go, and of course the great storm uh, blows up around them, and it just gets worse and worse. And the sailors are uh, increasingly frightened, and they all call out to their own gods to help them. They reckon that at least one of them should listen and help them in these difficult days. Jonah, what's Jonah doing? He's asleep, we're told he's asleep. 
through this storm. And they go to him and say, can you, can you not see what's actually going on around us here? The, the, the storm is raging. We're going to be killed. The, 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 the boat is going to be sunk in the middle of this. What you need to do is pray to your God and see if he will help us in the midst of this storm. And the story goes that uh, uh, Jonah then has to come clean and tell them, actually, you know, the storm is raging. You're in mortal danger because of me. What you need to do is throw me overboard. Now, these were humane men. These sailors were humane men. They didn't want to kill somebody, kill an innocent person. So what they tried to do was to row back to land in spite of all that was going on around them. And of course, things just got worse. The storm blew even harder. And with a heavy heart, no doubt, they picked up Jonah and they flung him into the waves to what they believed would be certain death. But you know, even in that moment, that awful moment for those men, the whole uh, storm camped, and they realized who the true God was. In that moment, they were converted and they repented of their sins and came in faith to the Lord Jesus. Sometimes even in the darkest times, that's the very time when people can come and find the Lord. Anyway, everything calmed down. The sailors went on their way. And Jonah was swallowed by this great whale. An extraordinary story, an extraordinary thing. And there he is in this whale for three days and three nights. And he realizes in the depths of despair that he's going to need to, God to get him out of that situation. And he prays to God to help him from the belly of the whale. And you see, whenever we come to God in prayer, whenever we do that sincerely, he will hear us and he will answer our prayer. Not always in the way that we would like it answered, but he will answer our prayer because God is faithful. And God was faithful to Jonah in this dreadful circumstance. You know the story. The whale then spewed him out of his mouth and he ended up on the shore again. God saved his life. But Jonah had learned a very, very valuable lesson as a consequence of that awful experience. He learned that God was not to be either ignored or God is not one to be disobedient to. And he then went to Nineveh as he had been asked to do, he then went to Nineveh and preached to the Ninevites. I sometimes wonder how he felt in doing that. Yes, he was obeying God, but he simply goes to them and tells them to repent, and if they don't repent, that they're all going to be destroyed in 40 days. It sounded like the absolute minimum, didn't it? He just went there and did precisely what he'd been told to do. And then to his absolute amazement, the Ninevites believe him. Maybe things were really, really bad in Nineveh at that time. Maybe there were major crises engulfing the city. Certainly there were very wicked people. Maybe they knew deep down that they were wicked and that they needed to repent 
of the sins that they were committing. And so they come in faith to the Lord, the Lord God. They repent of their sins and they ask God to turn their lives around. And God changes his mind. Instead of destroying them as he had intended to do, he held off and saved them. See, God is, God is faithful. God was faithful even to these people. Jonah wasn't happy about this. You would have expected him to be pleased. He wasn't happy about this because these people, remember, are still Jonah and the people of Israel's sworn enemy. He's really not happy about seeing them come to faith at all. What does he do? He goes outside the city and he sulks. It's all a bit petulant, of course, but he sits under this shrubby. He shields himself from the sun and he sulks and uh, rages against God for having done this. It's very, very childish almost, isn't it? Very, very petulant. He should have been delighted. Most of us are delighted when people come to faith. But the thing that we can draw from that for ourselves from Jonah is that even in our disobedience, even in our weakness, God can still use us. Yes, we're going to make mistakes. There's every one of us here this morning has made mistakes. Yes, we do things that are not right, for sure. We'll continue to do that. But you know, if we're genuine in our faith for God, if we, if we genuinely try to come to Him and, and, and to seek His guidance in our lives, say sorry for the things we've done wrong, seek His guidance in our lives, He will be faithful. He can use us just as He used Jonah, this rather bigoted man who hated people who weren't like Him. He can use us in our weakness and in our vulnerability. And so as we go through this awful time of coronavirus and we're into a second surge of it now, you, you, you know the headlines better than I do and the stories behind them, but it's so easy to give in to the, 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 the general feeling of, 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 of worry and even despair in some quarters around us. But what we need to be is people of faith and the knowledge that God is with us. God is with us all in these awful times and we can speak to others and be an example to others of what it is to be, to be faithful to God in these difficult days. That is what we need to do for, for him right now as we go through these awful times. Amen. Let's again come before the Lord in prayer. Our God and Father, we confess that just like Jonah, so often we have refused to be guided by you because we don't understand what you're doing in our lives. We pray that as we come to you in our prayers of intercession, that you would meet our needs spiritually as well as pastorally. We remember those with particular, particular difficulties just now. Those in hospital, in residential homes, 
unwell in their own homes with carers coming in and out each day. We ask that you would be with them and all who care for them. Grant the carers, both family and others, patience and kindness in all they do. We continue to remember those grappling with problems at work these days as the COVID restrictions continue to bite. And we think also of our children, our young people and young adults at schools and colleges, learning to adapt to a new way of doing things, <coughs> that you would help them and their teachers and lecturers as they do so. We continue to remember those on the front line, so to speak, the NHS and key workers, that you would support them and guide them in all they do. Help those developing treatments and vaccines to a successful conclusion. Be with those in other countries whose suffering from a variety of reasons is greater than ours, particularly those of the household of faith. Answer these, our petitions, dear Father, in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Our concluding hymn this morning is, My Jesus, my Savior.
And now unto him who is able to keep us from falling. To him be the glory, this day and forevermore. Amen.